I am excited to start the book of Joshua. Every time we dig into the Old Testament, I hope you're reminded that the Old Testament is absolutely critical for our understanding of the New Testament. The Old Testament is essential to our walk with Jesus Christ as a church family and as individuals. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 11 through 13 remind us that the stories of the Old Testament have been given to us for our instruction so that we might avoid the temptations that we encounter every single day that we would turn away from God and miss the life He created us to live. So we're going to dig into the book of Joshua together. I'm super excited about that. I want to remind you also that our vision here is to love God, love people, and help others do the same. What we mean by that is that we believe we live where we live, when we live, so that we might find God. And in finding Him, hear His call on our lives to follow Him. And decide to follow him with everything we are, to surrender everything we are and follow him. We believe that when we decide to follow him, that decision to follow the Lord will put us face to face with someone where we live, when we live, who needs our help to find God and follow him. We have been given opportunity everywhere around us to help others find God and follow Him in such a way that they can help others find God and follow Him. I want you to take out your worship guide that you received when you came in today. And on the inside page of your worship guide, you're going to see a section called the Go Deeper section. The Go Deeper is written by members of our church family in order to facilitate an opportunity for each of us to go a little bit deeper in applying some of the truths and principles that we dig into in God's Word. Now today in the Go Deeper section at the very bottom you're going to see a little drawing of Williamson County and the surrounding counties. You're going to notice there, there's a dot right in the middle of Williamson County. That's Georgetown. If you look out to the west, you're going to see a dot. That's Liberty Hill. If you look to the north, you're going to see a dot. That's Gerald. And out to the east, you're going to see another dot. That's Taylor. And then down south in Williamson County, you're going to see Jollyville. Here's Williamson County. Now, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to take a moment and identify on this little map where it is you live and draw a little star right in the approximate location of where you live. Now, just consider for a moment where you live. Think about the people that live around you. Think about the places that you you frequent close to where you live and the people you encounter in those places. Think about where you live and consider that where you live and when you live 
is perfectly designed for you to know and follow the Lord. And that where you live and when you live places you around many people who need help finding God so that they can follow Him. You live where you live, when you live, so that we together as followers of Jesus Christ can take our land. Saturating the land with the gospel of Jesus Christ. This is why we're here. We live where we live, when we live, around these people, specifically so that we can saturate their lives with the wonderful love of Jesus Christ. This is why we live where we live. Don't forget why we're here. Every week when we study the book of Joshua, we're going to study and be reminded of just how faithful God is. That every single thing God promises, He accomplishes. That He is worth following. That He is worth leveraging all of who we are for His glory in the land in which He has placed us so that others might find Him. We're going to see again and again that God is completely trustworthy and we're going to have the opportunity to decide week after week whether or not we will follow Him. I am so excited about digging into this book of Joshua and discovering week after week of who God is and who we are as His people, the church. And how significant it is that He's placed us right here where we live, right now when we live, so that we can know Him and help someone. Someone around whom we live. That we can help someone else Find God and follow Him. So let's, let's dig in a little bit to the book of Joshua together. Let's start reading in chapter 1. And if you'll turn with me to Joshua chapter 1, I want to read the first nine verses together today. Now it came about after the death of... Of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses." From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, as far as the great sea toward the setting of the sun, will be your territory. No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you. 
or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and you will have success. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. If we are going to take this land, we cannot be constrained by fear. We can't be afraid of what people will say about us or think about us. We can't be afraid of what we might lose if we decide to surrender all. We we, we can't be afraid of change. We have to be willing to let go of all our fears and be strong and courageous because God is with us. He's with us. And He has placed us right where we live, right when we live, to help people find Him. And follow him. Now the book of Joshua really begins back in the book of Genesis. When Adam and Eve were given a special land, the Garden of Eden. And that special land that God gave Adam and Eve was a land that was full of blessing and rest, peace, and life. And Adam and Eve, they disobeyed God's divine command. And when they disobeyed God's divine command, everything changed. They were cast out of that special land, the Garden of Eden. And they, because they were driven out of the garden, went into the rest of the world to live in a land that because of their sin was now a place of exile, Futility, toil, curse, and death. And God placed an angel at the east side of the garden to guard the way into the Garden of Eden so that no one could come back into that land and take fruit from the tree of life because God did not want anyone To live forever in the brokenness of a sin-struck world. You see, God had a plan for rescue and to bring his people into a new land. Fast forward to Genesis chapter 12 and we experience God choosing a man named Abraham. 
I want to read to you Genesis 12, 1 through 3. You can turn there if you want to read along with me. This is the call of God on the life of Abram. And God says to Abram, Genesis chapter 12, Go forth from your country and from your relatives and from your father's house to the land which I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse, and in, all, in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. So God chooses Abraham, and he says to Abraham, I want to take you into a brand new land. A land that is full of life and blessing and rest and purpose. And I want to give you this land. I want to so bless you and your descendants that you and your descendants from this new land bless the entire world. You see, God had a plan of rescue that involved his people walking into a brand new land. Now fast forward from Genesis chapter 12 to Exodus chapter 19. And in Exodus chapter 19, we encounter the Lord God bringing his people out of their slavery in Egypt. And they walk out of slavery in Egypt through the wilderness to a place called Mount Sinai. And at Mount Sinai, God gives his people that he's delivered out of their slavery. He gives them the law. He gives them instructions on how to be his people so that they might enjoy his presence and follow him into a brand new land. The time of God's fulfillment of his promise of a new land full of life and blessing has come. The promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And so here the people are on the edge of the promised land. They have received the law. God has made provisions for them to follow him right into that land. And as they get to the edge of the promised land, Moses sends into the land 12 spies to investigate the land and come back and give report to all of Israel. Twelve spies go out into the land. One of those spies was Joshua. They go out into the land and they see the land and they come back and give report to the rest of Israel. Ten of the spies say to Israel, the land is exactly what God has said it is. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. It is unbelievable. But the cities are fortified, the walls are high, and the people are giants, and they will squash us like a bug. Joshua and Caleb, they had a different story. They said to the people, it is exactly like God described it would be a land flowing with milk and honey. And yes, the cities are fortified and the walls are tall and the people are huge. But listen, God is bigger. He's promised us the land and we will surely take it. Let's just trust him and let's go and do what he said for us to do. 
If you want to see a summary of this history, Moses gives a great summary in Deuteronomy chapter 1. You can read it and catch up on just a summary of all that's happened up to this point. What Moses describes there is when the report comes back that the people of Israel listen to the ten and they don't listen to the two and they grumble against God and they rebel against him and they say, we will not go into the land. How is it that God brought us out of slavery only to come to the edge of this so-called land and then to have us killed by the people of the land we are not going to do it they rebelled against God and they grumbled against him so God responded to the people's unwillingness to go into the land and be the people he created them to be to live the life he created them to live to experience the new land he responded to them by saying No one in this generation, 20 years old and older, will enter the land. Everyone 20 years old and older will turn right back around and march into the wilderness. And they'll be there until every one of you, every one of you drop dead in the wilderness. You will not see the land. The only people in your generation, 20 years old and older, that will see the land, that will walk in the land, that will experience the fulfillment of my promises are Joshua and Caleb. And all your young kids that you're concerned about going into this land and being overrun by the land, all of them I'm going to raise up and I'm going to bring them into the land after you all die. generation was given the opportunity to follow God and they would not trust him and so God in his kindness raised up a new generation with a vision for a new way of life in a brand new land it's an amazing story How God takes that new generation and brings them through 40 years of wilderness wandering and brings them to the edge of that land and unfolds a story of this new generation trusting the Lord and taking the land. That's the story of Joshua. Taking the land. If if we are going to take the land, I want us to notice some things about Joshua and about Moses. So let's read again verses 1 and 2. I want to focus in on verses 1 and 2 this morning. Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' servant. Saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise, cross this Jordan, you and all his people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Notice that Moses is described here as the servant of the Lord. And Joshua is described as Moses' servant. Somewhere along the way in the wilderness... Moses made a choice to bring Joshua into friendship so that Moses could encourage Joshua. 
Now we get a description of that in Exodus chapter 33 verse 11. There's a description in Exodus chapter 33 verse 11 about how Moses would go into the tent of meeting. It was a tent that they fashioned where Moses would be able to meet with God. And it describes Moses' meetings with God as you and I would talk face to face with a friend. Moses is in the tent of meeting having conversations with God. He's getting to know God so that he can lead the people to follow God. And Moses, after he would spend time in the tent of meeting, he would leave that tent of meeting and go out to lead the people. Do you know what Moses had done? He had invited Joshua into the tent of meeting with him to watch him interact with God in the tent of meeting. When Moses would leave the tent of meeting, oftentimes Joshua would just keep hanging out in the tent of meeting. M- Moses was helping Joshua find God and follow him. It's it's amazing what happens with Moses and Joshua. And, And I'm convinced that we simply cannot take our land if we don't learn something about what's happening between Moses and Joshua. There's so much about Moses needing Joshua that has everything to do with why the people were able to take the land. In fact, I am convinced that the people could have never taken the land if Moses didn't have Joshua. You know that's true because you know that there's no way Joshua was going to be able to go into the land if not for Moses' influence in Joshua. There's no way that Moses could have done it because Moses wasn't intended to lead alone. He never was intended to lead the people alone. He was always meant to have somebody along with him to help him in what he was called to do. As much as Moses needed Joshua, Joshua needed Moses. And the two men in this relationship, this friendship, were gaining things from each other and from the Lord that had something far bigger in mind than just each of their individual lives. Moses was not intended to lead alone. He needed Joshua. He needed Joshua because Moses could only go so far. In one of the many times where Moses experienced a large degree of frustration in leading the people of Israel in their difficulties of following and trusting the Lord, Moses failed to trust and obey the Lord as well. And in Moses' failure to obey and trust the Lord... God said to Moses, you will not be able to lead the people into the new land. Moses could only go so far, and he needed a Joshua to lead the people into the land. Even though Moses could not lead the people into the land, he could train Joshua to lead the people. See, Moses needed Joshua in order to take the land. Even if Moses had not disobeyed the Lord and could still have entered the promised land, he would only live so long. There was going to come a time regardless where Moses' life would end and he would need to pass the baton of leadership to someone else. Moses needed Joshua to take the land. 
It wasn't just about Moses and what Moses could accomplish because Moses' life was a short-term perspective. And when God thinks about things, he doesn't think about things in terms of one person's life or one person's generation. God is always thinking about much bigger pictures than one person's life or one set of contemporaries around one individual. God thinks in terms of kids and grandkids and great-grandkids. In fact, when God called Moses and had Moses bring Joshua along, God was not just thinking about Moses and Joshua and that generation. God was thinking about you and me. You see, Moses needed Joshua to take the land. We needed Moses to have Joshua. Moses had a set of experiences that nobody else in Israel had. Nobody had seen the things that Moses had seen. Nobody had experienced what Moses had experienced. Moses needed Joshua because Moses needed to share all of what he had experienced with somebody who could be impacted by what had happened in his life and could take those experiences and share them with generations to come. One of the most significant evidences of that reality is in the law of God. God gave Moses his law. Moses wrote it. Moses spoke it. Moses believed it. Moses followed it. You know what Moses did? He made sure that every word was translated to Joshua. That Joshua knew the law. We will see again and again throughout the book of Joshua that we we will hear Joshua say, this is what Moses commanded us. This is what the Lord gave us through Moses. He will refer again and again to what Moses gave him in the law because Moses influenced who he was and he wanted to make sure the people knew the law. And so Moses, he needed Joshua to take the land and we see the influence of Moses and Joshua's leadership. Moses needed Joshua to take the land. We're going to see in Joshua's life all of these ways of of his leadership that represent the importance of Moses' influence. We hear it in chapter 1 when God tells Joshua, in the same way that you saw that I was with Moses, I'm going to be with you. I'm not going to fail you. I'm not going to forsake you. Everything you've witnessed happened in Moses with my leadership of him. You're going to experience in your own life so you can lead the people just like Moses was leading the people. You see all this influence between Moses and Joshua and Joshua's leadership. One of Moses' first big challenges when he led the people out of slavery was he came to the Red Sea. He came to the edge of the Red Sea and had nowhere to go. And right behind him was the army of Egypt threatening to wipe them out. The people are complaining. They're they're questioning Moses' leadership. And God speaks to Moses and says, at your command, I'm going to part the Red Sea. And everybody's going to walk through on dry ground. You know the story, if you've read there in Exodus, how that happens. And how God pushes back the water and the people all walk through on dry ground. And then the army of the Egyptians are eradicated and God's people are delivered. What, what do you think was, was going through Joshua's mind when he recognized his first big challenge to go into the new land 
will be crossing the Jordan River on dry ground. There was a battle. This is the first experience we hear of Joshua and Moses interacting where Moses calls Joshua to head out and fight this battle against the people called the Amalekites. So Joshua leads the army, goes out and fights against the Amalekites. And while Joshua was fighting, Moses is up on a hillside and Moses lifts up his staff above his head. And as long as his staff is lifted up, Joshua and all the army is winning the battle. If his staff comes down because he gets weary, they start losing the battle. And so Moses gets some helpers and they lift up his arms and they keep holding that staff up. And Joshua and all the army experience victory because the staff of Moses was raised high. You know what God told Moses? He said, Moses, I want you to make sure you write down these events and I want you to recite them to Joshua. Isn't that interesting? And one of the most critical early battles in the new land, God tells Joshua, I'm going to give you victory over the city Ai. And I want you to lift your javelin and I will give you victory. What do you think is going through Joshua's mind when God tells him, I want you to lift your javelin and I will be victorious? Joshua saw Moses pick 12 spies and send them into the land to investigate the land. You remember the story I just recounted earlier where two spies come back with a positive report? Well, Joshua gets at the edge of the new land and he says, let's send in some spies again. You know what Joshua does? He only sends in two spies. Can you imagine that conversation with those two guys? Hey, you remember what happened last time? Joshua, you know, Caleb, two spies that went in. Guess who's left? Joshua, Caleb, guess what we reported? We're going to trust the Lord. So I'm only sending in two of you guys. You think you can get this right? You can see the influence all through the book of Joshua that Moses had on Joshua's leadership. It's, it's absolutely remarkable. The things that we see Joshua encountering and, and we see him doing throughout the entire book, we hear and feel the echoes of Moses' leadership in his life. You see, the only way the people took the land is because Moses had a Joshua. It's absolutely amazing. You know what Joshua led the people to do right before the battle of Jericho? He led all the people, this new generation, to take the Passover celebration. They were going to remember how God, through the blood of the Lamb, passed over them and granted them life in the midst of judgment. Right before they go into the land. Don't you know that Joshua was leaning so much on Moses' influence in his own life? Because Moses was the one who led all the people to participate in Passover for the very first time. It's absolutely incredible how Joshua leads the people to a new land. Because of Moses' influence. 
And it's absolutely impossible to consider the people taking the land if Moses didn't have a Joshua. If, if we are going to take our land, I believe that every one of us needs a Joshua. Every one of us needs a Joshua. Do you know everywhere you live right now, you have so many opportunities for a Joshua. Each one of us in this room is a part of a family. You got grandparents who have grandkids. You got parents who have children. You have older siblings who have younger siblings. You have aunts and uncles who have nephews and nieces. You have older cousins who have younger cousins. We are given so many opportunities within our families to help someone find God and follow Him. Do you know what excites me so much about our family ministry led by our family pastor, Brett Levi, and our youth pastor, Michael Sawyer, and our kids pastor, L.J. McCullough? What excites me so much about our family ministry is that our family ministry is seeking to align everything we do for families to enable families to help each other find God and follow God. To help grandparents influence their grandkids to find God and follow Him. To help parents influence their kiddos to find God and follow Him. Everything we're doing is in order to help families help each other follow Christ. I love that. You know, as a dad, I recognize that I cannot make my kids find God and follow Him. I wish I could. You feel that ever? But we know we can't make them follow God. But what I can do as a dad is I can give my kids every opportunity to find the Lord. And when they do decide to follow Him, I can nurture those decisions and support every step they take in following Him. And I am so grateful that we are part of a church family that believes that our families are a great place to find a Joshua. Each of us is a part of this church family. And in this church family, guess what? We have a lot of folks in this church family who are younger in the faith than you. Someone in our church family is likely, and probably more than just one someone, there's probably multiple someones in our church family who's a little bit younger in the faith than you are. You know what I love about our generations ministry? led by our generation's pastor, Brian Wagner. I love that we believe here at our church family that the oldest and wisest among us should lead the way in influencing the next generations to find God and follow Him. The oldest and wisest among us, no one has the experiences and the wisdom that the generation that is oldest among us has. And that generation needs to lead the way in helping us all strive towards helping someone else find and follow God. You know what I love about our care ministry led by our care pastor, David Griffin? 
is I love that in that ministry there's opportunities like our regeneration Bible study where there is a structured opportunity of discipleship training. They, they equip you to be able to help someone else find God and follow Him. And so I just want to tell you, if you want to have a ready-made opportunity of helping people who actually want help, then get into regeneration, go through that experience, and become a leader of helping someone who wants help finding God and following Him. We have a church family that is full of people who need your influence. We have families, we have a church family, we have a community. Think about where you live, your neighborhood, and where you work, and where you play, and where you shop. You are surrounded by people who need you. I love our Connections ministry led by our Connections pastor Chad Warren because everything that we're on mission to accomplish is aligning with the perspective that we want to help others find God and follow Him so that the church of God is a ready bride for the return of Christ. If you get on mission with us, everything we do across the world is going to be aligned with helping people find God and strengthen the church to be ready for Christ's return. In our formations ministry, led by our formations pastor, Kurt Spargman, we're developing a pipeline of leadership so that every single person here can be equipped and trained and encouraged to be an influencer right where God placed you. Whether it's God placing you as a grandparent or a parent, a spouse, an employee, a business owner, a citizen, you know, somebody who's engaged in the community as just a good citizen. Whatever it is that God has placed you to be a part of, He wants you to influence others. And we want to help you be the best influencer because until each one of us decides to have a Joshua in our lives, we will not take the land. What, what I don't want to happen is for us to get on the edge of the life we are created to live and look into that life, see other people experiencing that life only to turn away and miss it all together because we wouldn't trust the Lord. He placed you where you live, when you live, to find Him, to follow Him, and to help Someone else find him and follow him.